0: section one of a social history of the american negro this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org a social history of the american negro by benjamin griffith brawley Chapter one part one the coming of negroes to america one african origins an outstanding characteristic of recent years has been an increasing recognition of the cultural importance of africa to the world from all that has been written three facts are prominent one that at some time early in the middle ages perhaps about the seventh century there was a considerable infiltration of arabian culture into the tribes living below the sahara something of which may to-day most easily be seen among such people as the Hausas in the sudan and the mandingos along the west coast two that whatever influences came in from the outside there developed in africa an independent culture which must not be underestimated and three that perhaps vastly more than has been supposed this african culture had to do with early exploration and colonization in america the first of these three facts is very important but is now generally accepted and need not here detain us for the present purpose the second and third demand more attention the development of native african art is a theme of never-ending fascination for the ethnologist. especially have striking resemblances between negro and oceanian culture been pointed out in political organization as well as certain forms of artistic endeavor the negro people have achieved creditable results and especially have they been honored as the originators of the iron technique it has further been shown that fetishism which is especially well developed along the west coast and its hinterland is at heart not very different from the mena to beliefs of the american indians and it is this connection that furnishes the key to some of the most striking results of the researches of the latest and most profound student of this and related problems from the Sudan radiated a culture that was destined to affect europe and in course of time to extend its influence even beyond the atlantic ocean it is important to remember that throughout the early history of europe and up to the close of the fifteenth century the approach to the home of the negro was by land the Sudan was thought to be the edge of the then known world homer speaks of the ethiopians as the farthest removed of men and separated into two divisions later greek writers carry the description still further and speak of the two divisions as eastern and western the eastern occupying the countries eastward of the nile and the western stretching from the western shores of that river to the atlantic coast one of these divisions says lady lugard we have to acknowledge was perhaps itself the original source of the civilization which has through egypt permeated the western world when the history of Negro land comes to be written in detail it may be found that the kingdoms lying toward the eastern end of the sudan were the home of races who inspired rather than of races who received the traditions of civilization associated for us with the name of ancient egypt if now we come to america we find that the negro influence upon the indian to be so strong as to call in question all current conceptions of american archaeology and so early as to suggest the coming of men from the guinea coast perhaps even before the coming of columbus the first natives of africa to come were mandingos many of the words used by the indians in their daily life appear to be not more than corruptions or adaptations of words used by the tribes of africa and the more we study the remains of those who lived in america before fourteen ninety two and the far-reaching influence of african products and habits the more must we acknowledge the strength of the position of the latest thesis this whole subject will doubtless receive much more attention from scholars but in any case it is evident that the demands of negro culture can no longer be lightly regarded or brushed aside and that as a scholarly contribution to the subject wiener's work is of the very highest importance to the negro in spanish exploration when we come to columbus himself the accuracy of whose accounts has so recently been questioned we find a negro pedro alonso Nino, as the pilot of one of the famous three vessels in fourteen ninety six nino sailed to santo domingo and he was also with columbus on his third voyage with two men cristobal de la guerra who served as pilot and luis de la guerra a spanish merchant in fourteen ninety nine he planned what proved to be the first successful commercial voyage to the new world the revival of slavery at the close of the middle ages and the beginning of the system of negro slavery were due to the commercial expansion of portugal in the fifteenth century the very word negro is the modern spanish and portuguese form of the latin niger in fourteen forty one prince henry sent out one gonzales who captured three moors on the africa coast these men offered as ransom ten negroes whom they had taken the negroes were taken to lisbon in fourteen forty two and in fourteen forty four prince henry regularly began the european trade from the guinea coast for fifty years his country enjoyed a monopoly of the traffic by fourteen seventy four negroes were numerous in spain and special interest attaches to juan de valladolid probably the first of many negroes who in time came to have influence and power over their people under the authority of a greater state he was addressed as judge of all the negroes and mulattoes free or slaves which are in the very loyal and noble city of seville archbishopric thereof after fifteen hundred there are frequent references to negroes especially in the spanish west indies instructions to Ovando, governor of hispaniola in fifteen o one prohibited the passage to the indies of jews moors or recent converts but authorized him to take over negro slaves who had been born in the power of christians these orders were actually put in force the next year even the restricted importation Ovando found inadvisable and he very soon requested that negroes be not sent as they ran away to the indians with whom they soon made friends isabella accordingly withdrew her permission but after her death ferdinand reverted to the old plan and in fifteen o five sent to Ovando seventeen negro slaves for work in the copper mines where the severity of the labor was rapidly destroying the indians in fifteen ten ferdinand directed that fifty negroes be sent immediately and that more be sent later and in april of this year over a hundred were bought in the lisbon market this says bourne was the real beginning of the african slave trade to america already however as early as fifteen o four a considerable number of negroes had been introduced from guinea because as we are informed the work of one negro was worth more than that of four indians in fifteen thirteen thirty negroes assisted balboa in building the first ships made on the pacific coast of america in fifteen seventeen spain formally entered upon the traffic charles v on his accession to the throne granting license for the introduction of negroes to the number of four hundred and thereafter importation to the west indies became a thriving industry those who came in these early years were sometimes men of considerable intelligence having been trained as mohammedans or catholics by fifteen eighteen negroes were at work in the sugar mills in hispaniola where they seem to have suffered from indulgence in drinks made from sugar-cane in fifteen twenty one it was ordered that negro slaves should not be employed on errands as in general these tended to cultivate too close acquaintance with the indians in fifteen twenty two there was a rebellion on the sugar plantations in hispaniola primarily because the services of certain indians were discontinued twenty negroes from the admiral's mill uniting with twenty others who spoke the same language killed a number of christians they fled and nine leagues away they killed another spaniard and sacked a house one negro assisted by twelve indian slaves also killed nine other christians after much trouble the negroes were apprehended and several of them hanged it was about fifteen twenty six that negroes were first introduced within the present limits of the united states being brought to a colony near what later became jamestown virginia here the negroes were harshly treated and in course of time they rose against their oppressors and fired their houses the settlement was broken up and the negroes and their spanish companions returned to hispaniola whence they had come in fifteen forty in quivera in mexico there was a negro who had taken holy orders and in fifteen forty two there were established at Guamanga three brotherhoods of the true cross of spaniards one being for indians and one for negroes the outstanding instance of a negro's heading in exploration is that of estevanico or estevanillo or estevan that is stephen one of the four survivors of the ill-fated expedition of de narvaez who sailed from spain june fifteen twenty-seven, having returned to spain after many years of service in the new world de Navaez petitioned for a grant and accordingly the right to conquer and colonize the country between the rio de las palmas in eastern mexico and florida was accorded him his force originally consisted of six hundred soldiers and colonists the whole conduct of the expedition incompetent in the extreme furnished one of the most appalling tragedies of early exploration in america the original number of men was reduced by half by storms and hurricanes and desertions in santo domingo and cuba and those who were left landed in april fifteen twenty eight near the entrance to tampa bay on the west coast of florida one disaster followed another in the vicinity of pensacola bay and the mouth of the mississippi until at length only four men survived these were alvar nunez cabeza de vaca andres dorantes de carranza a captain of infantry alonso del castillo maldonato and estevanico who had originally come from the west coast of morocco and who was a slave of dorantes these men had most remarkable adventures in the years between fifteen twenty eight and fifteen thirty six and as a narrative of suffering and privation cabeza de vaca's journal has hardly an equal in the annals of the continent both durantis and estebanica were captured and indeed for a season or two all four men were forced to sojourn among the indians they treated the sick and with such success did they work that their fame spread far and wide among the tribes crowds followed them from place to place showering presents upon them with alonzo de castillo estevanico sojourned for a while with the iguanzas a very savage tribe that killed its own male children and bought those of strangers he at length escaped from these people and spent several months with the avalvarez he afterwards went with the vaca to the maliaconis only a short distance from the avivaras and still later he accompanied alonzo de castillo in exploring the country toward the rio grande he was unexcelled as a guide who could make his way through new territory in fifteen thirty nine he went with fray marcos of nice the father provincial of the franciscan order in new spain as a guide to the seven cities of cibola the villages of the ancestors of the present zunai indians in western new mexico preceding fray marcos by a few days and accompanied by natives who joined him on the way he reached hawica the southernmost of the seven towns here he and all but three of his indian followers were killed three development of the slave trade portugal and spain having demonstrated that the slave trade was profitable england also determined to engage in the traffic as early as fifteen thirty william hawkins a merchant of plymouth visited the guinea coast and took away a few slaves england really entered the field however with a voyage in fifteen sixty two of captain john hawkins son of william who in october of this year also went to the coast of guinea he had a fleet of three ships and one hundred men and partly by the sword and partly by other means he took three hundred or more negroes whom he took to santo domingo and sold profitably he was richly laden going homeward and some of his stores were seized by spanish vessels hawkins made two other voyages one in fifteen sixty four and another with drake in fifteen sixty seven on his second voyage he had four armed ships the largest being the jesus a vessel of seven hundred tons and a force of one hundred and seventy men december and january fifteen sixty four to five he spent in picking up freight and by sickness and fights with the negroes he lost many of his men then at the end of january he set out for the west indies he was becalmed for twenty-one days but he arrived at the island of dominica march nine he traded along the spanish coasts and on his return to england he touched at various points in the west indies and sailed along the coast of florida on his third voyage he had five ships he himself was again in command of the jesus while drake was in charge of the judith a little vessel of fifty tons he got together between four and five hundred negroes and again went to dominica he had various adventures and at last was thrown by a storm on the coast of mexico here after three days he was attacked by a spanish fleet of twelve vessels and all of his ships were destroyed except the judith and another small vessel the minion which was so crowded that one hundred men risked the dangers on land rather than go to sea with her on this last voyage hawkins and drake had among their companions the earls of pembroke and leicester who were then like other young elizabethans seeking fame and fortune it is noteworthy that in all that he did hawkins seems to have had no sense of cruelty or wrong he held religious services morning and evening and in the spirit of the later cromwell he enjoined upon his men to serve god daily love one another preserve their victuals beware of fire and keep good company queen elizabeth evidently regarded the opening of the slave trade as a worthy achievement for after his second voyage she made hawkins a knight giving him for a crest the device of a negro's head and bust with the arms securely bound france joined in the traffic in sixteen twenty four and then holland and denmark and the rivalry soon became intense england with her usual aggressiveness assumed a commanding position and much more than has commonly been supposed the navigation ordinance of sixteen fifty one and the two wars with the dutch in the seventeenth century had as their basis the struggle for supremacy in the slave trade the english trade proper began with the granting of rights to special companies to one in sixteen eighteen to another in sixteen thirty one and in sixteen sixty two to the company of royal adventurers re chartered in sixteen seventy two as the royal african company to which in sixteen eighty seven was given the exclusive right to trade between the gold coast and the british colonies in america james duke of york was interested in this last company and it agreed to supply the west indies with three thousand slaves annually in sixteen ninety eight on account of the incessant clamor of english merchants the trade was open generally and any vessel carrying the british flag was by act of parliament permitted to engage in it on payment of a duty of ten per cent on english goods exported to africa new england immediately engaged in the traffic and vessels from boston and newport went forth to the gold coast laden with hogsheads of rum in course of time there developed a three-cornered trade by which molasses was brought from the west indies to new england made into rum to be taken to africa and exchanged for slaves the slaves in turn being brought to the west indies or the southern colonies a slave purchased for one hundred gallons of rum worth ten pounds brought from twenty pounds to fifty pounds when offered for sale in america newport soon had twenty-two still houses and even these could not satisfy the demand england regarded the slave trade as of such importance that when in seventeen thirteen she accepted the peace of utrecht she insisted on having awarded to her for thirty years the exclusive right to transport slaves to the spanish colonies in america when in the course of the eighteenth century the trade became fully developed scores of vessels went forth each year to engage in it but just how many slaves were brought to the present united states and how many were taken to the west indies or south america it is impossible to say in seventeen twenty six the three cities of london bristol and liverpool alone had one hundred and seventy-one ships engaged in the traffic and the profits were said to warrant a thousand more though such a number was probably never reached so far as england alone was concerned four planting of slavery in the colonies it is only for virginia that we can state with definiteness the year in which negro slaves were first brought to an english colony on the mainland when legislation on the subject of slavery first appears elsewhere slaves are already present about the last of august sixteen nineteen says john rolfe in john smith's general history came in a dutch man-of-war that sold us twenty niggers these negroes were sold into servitude and virginia did not give statutory recognition to slavery as a system until sixteen sixty one the importations being too small to make the matter one of importance in this year however an act of assembly staked that negroes were incapable of making satisfaction for the time lost in running away by addition of time and thus slavery gained a firm place in the oldest of the colonies End of chapter 1 part 1